Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Kaching with Jane King podcast, a podcast from parents to parents to help us teach the next generation about money. Now, today's podcast is brought to you by Arc Athletics, a New York City-based fitness and athletic training business. For tips and videos on how to keep your young athletes healthy and injury-free, you can go to arcathletics.com. And with me, as always, is Kim Mustin, friend, mom, Wall Street executive. Kim, welcome. Oh, so good to be here. I am so excited about today's guest. You will not find anyone who brings more passion and energy to the topic of investing, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say about teaching our kids about these same uh, concepts, so I'm really excited. And let's get to our guest right now, Jim Kramer. We're so happy to have you here, host of Bad Money on CNBC, Uh, founder of TheStreet.com, passionate supporter of helping people be smarter about money. So Jim, great to have you here today. This is a, a topic that I care passionately about. I have a uh, 25-year-old and I've got a 22-year-old and uh, we don't talk that much about money in part because they are at an age where they feel very strongly uh, that it's uh, not a topic that is a um, that's savory even. And I think they're wrong, but I don't want to, I want, I value my time with them so much I don't take them on on it. Well, how do you handle And when did you start talking to them about money? And how do you handle it now that they're young adults? So I'll give you a great example of, of what we're talking about. My daughter says she wants a car when she gets out of college. Now, I am always looking for an excuse to impart or at least to have a discussion about money. Because to just do it broadside is too intrusive and turns them off. And while they, I have to admit, listen because, you know, they do hear you when you talk. Uh, I want engagement, and that's different. So my daughter had been using my 2002 Volkswagen Bug, and it had rusted out. So she earned the right uh, to have a new car because it was dangerous. Second, I had always said if she did really well in college, meaning that she had great grades uh, and really applied herself and also took a job while she was in college— And she got a job when she got out of school, uh, even if it was not necessarily a high-paying job. Then I would go with her and put the down payment on the car. And she said, well, what is – why a down payment? And I said, because it's important that you establish credit. One of the first things that I – that happened to me was I happened to have won uh, 
I always used to enter contests back when I was younger, and I entered a contest called the Philadelphia Phillies Home Run Payoff, uh, with, run by the Philadelphia Daily News, and my name was picked out of a, uh, of a hat, and uh, the person who, uh, that I was linked to was a guy named Greg Lazinski, who was a great hitter for the Phillies, and he had a home run, and I got $1,000, and I used it as a down payment for a car. And I explained that to my daughter because that was a fun anecdote. So in other words, I worked in a fun anecdote to get her started so it wasn't just immediately heavy-handed. That was important because she sensed a lecture on money coming. <laughs> and my 22-year-old, they, right? <laughs> they know it. And when they know it, their eyes glaze over or they put their headphones on or they say, well, you know what, Dad, I've got plans. We plans. You know? So we get, we get to the car dealer and Eric is there and he's my guy. And he's the greatest. And I take Eric aside and I say, listen, Eric, we're going to finance this car. Okay. And that's really important. So we're going to, can you help me? Because I know him. He goes, no, actually, I don't do the financing. I said, I need someone who can explain finance. Oh, good. Well, it's going to take a little while. Maybe you drive around, do a long test drive. Long story short, uh, he explained it to her, which therefore meant that I didn't. I like that because she listened. She turned to me and said, Dad, what is the advantage of this? And I said, this way, people, when you want to go buy a house, when you go rent or whatever, you will have established a record. And she goes, well, Dad, I have a credit card. I said, but the problem with the credit card is, is that's been directly linked with me. And you do not want to present a situation where here's my bills, I paid them, and then someone asks you, well, did your father pay for them? And you don't have to lie. Uh, I never want to lie. This is really important. You know, obviously that's an object lesson from, from the day they're born. And there was a good example of trying to get them to be uh, responsible. And it just so happened that it's been great. And she has a job and she pays her bill. And I feel like that she's well on her way toward doing something that is far more important than most people realize, which is establishing credit for later in life. It's so important. I love that. One thing that you mentioned in there is um – the importance of of working and having a job. Rumor has it that you learned to shout at Phillies games selling ice cream. So I, I'd like to know if that's true, and what did you? And if so, um, what you know? What did you learn at an early age about the importance of working and saving, and and how did you impart that on your on your kids? Well, hey, ice cream, vanilla, and chocolate. I did indeed sell. I sold for four years. I even went back after. It was very funny because I went to Harvard my first year. No one thought they'd ever see me again, but I came right back after freshman year. It was such a good job. I, you know, I, I, it's funny. I look back and it's, I've led a variegated life. Uh, and I realized very quickly that the essence of great profits come from lack of competition. You need to be a monopolist. Sometimes what it takes to be a monopolist is to be very shrewd, particularly when the antitrust department's not involved. And I realized that if I paid other people to not come up to the 700 level to sell ice cream, I could have it all by myself. So what I did was I said, hey, guys, listen, if you don't come up, I'll give you a little share of the profit, and I will be the only guy. So instead of having to lug the ice cream up and go aisle to aisle, remember, it's ice cream. It melts. I brought it up. I was the only guy. I gave these other guys a couple of bucks not to be able to compete against me, and I killed it. I made a fortune. <laughs> I love now, it. I did not impart that particular notion because that's kind of, you know, you're trying to, you know, their dad is a tough guy at some point. <laughs> that was a, that was very, I was much poorer than they are, and I feel like, and that worked out very well. Um, for my, for my daughters, you know, my daughters did not, uh, you know, my daughter was working at, um, it's, her passion was art. This is my youngest. 
And she worked at a place called the Ogden. She went to Tulane. And there, what I wanted her to do was, was learn. Okay, so that wasn't, uh, that was quite different. I was trying to make as much money as possible. And I wanted her to learn as much money as, learn as much, because I don't think money necessarily, I want her to do okay. My um, elder daughter, who lives in Oregon, works, uh, she worked as a, a person who helps in uh, wilderness uh, therapy camps. Uh, and uh, again, these are not necessarily jobs for money. Now, candidly, both my kids, uh, I gave a speech about this once, they don't desire to follow in my footsteps. Uh, they desire, but th- in a way that that's a little, um, I've, I've joked about it with them. No, they do. They want to follow in my footsteps in something you talked about at the top, Gene, with passion. But they have passion for different things, and the passions they have are not lucrative. But that's okay because they can make a big difference. And sometimes making big difference is a lot more satisfying than making big piles of money. Yes. Now, you've talked about your daughters, and the person who probably taught me the most in my life about money was my dad. Um, he's a farmer, and he I remember going to the bank with him, and when I was little, he taught me how to change a tire. I mean, he really taught me how to be independent, financially and otherwise. And I think it's just really important that dads do that with their daughters, not just their sons, it instills confidence in the daughter, and um, it's just really helpful, I think, as, as she gets older and starts to work and manage money. So I think that's great. I think you're right, Jane. I regret that I didn't do more. Uh, now, one of the reasons why I didn't do more is because my company, the company I work for, uh, Comcast, and before that, she has very strict rules about buying stocks. And what I would have done uh, is buy shares and stocks, one share, two share, for my kids' ideas because they always had great ones. My, I started recommending Apple because my daughter, uh, my youngest, had a, a blue um, iPod, and she asked for another iPod for the holidays. And I said, how could you have been so irresponsible as to lose your previous one? She says, no, Dad, that one's blue. I want a pink. They're accessories. And when I realized when Apple come up with something that you had to buy two of, well, maybe this was something worth looking into because Apple was stylish. So I managed to get Apple, and then I saw my Verizon bill, and I would have recommended Verizon. My daughter's early adopters of the of Domino's Pizza because they have an app, and they don't like to speak on the phone. Okay, They like to text, and they like to do apps. And Domino's Pizza has been the best-performing stock of any stock I've recommended on May of Money. Um, oh, you know, the most obvious ones are Amazon and Google and Netflix because they are cord cutters, as painful as that is for someone with a cable show. but uh, they, I, So I haven't been able to, to put their money where their mouth is. I've been able to watch them do paper portfolio. But in terms of just doing the overall task and uh, checking account, uh, uh, I helped my daughter open a credit, uh, an account at a credit union. And that was good, but uh, and I put some money in it, and she pays her electric bills, and she pays her uh, car payments. This is my eldest. But I, I didn't do enough, um, and I'd run too much to some degree, and I'm trying to do less now. Mm, interesting. Um, I say do too much because I think that I didn't start early enough, and I would urge you know, we all make mistakes. I would urge people to start earlier, even maybe when they're in college, if they're going to college or in high school. Uh, and that was my reluctance to talk about money. Uh, in part because uh, I felt a degree of embarrassing. That was wrong. And as I mentioned at the top, in a bleak way, I had to get involved. And by that point, my daughter, you know, you, you could argue that maybe I was too late, but there's no time better than the present. Sure. Jim, shifting gears, um, a big part of growing your nest egg 
is understanding how much in fees you're paying for savings accounts or investment portfolios. You talk on your show a lot about fees, which can take a bite out of returns. What advice do you have for parents educating their children on investing and the fees that they're likely to pay? Well, I mean, I, I'm a creature of habit. Uh, uh, Karen Kramer, um, who I was married to for a very long time, she worked for Will Danoff. That was her trader. And she and I manage um, our kids' money. And we think that as long as Will Danoff runs the Contra Fund, that's where we put uh, the uniform gift to minors for. And we, we, we talk a lot about – we can't talk about stocks because, again, the problem is of the rules that I have for Comcast. But we uh, went with him because she knew him, and that's probably – most people don't have that kind of luck. Um, but we do Contra Fund and Blue Chip, Fidelity Blue Chip, because I like the, the yield for the Blue Chip and Contra because we had – uh, first-hand knowledge of how good Will Danoff is, and then index funds. Um, and there, there's the uh, Vanguard Total uh, Market Return Fund and the S&P 500 Fund because Vanguard has the lowest fees. And those were the ones that I had my dad, my late dad use, uh, and those are the ones that we use. Jim, you said something really interesting. You were uncomfortable talking about money yes. with your daughter, which is, is fascinating to me, um, that you talked to millions of people about money but yet didn't want to talk. And I think that's an issue with a lot of families. It's it's an emotional thing. It's uncomfortable to talk about it. It's dirty sometimes. Yeah. Well, okay, look, look, I was not I, – I, I don't want to say I was poor because I never knew that I didn't have uh, things until I got a full scholarship to school. And I got to school, and I saw that there were so many rich people, and I didn't know what rich was. I never thought I was poor. I was never poor. We didn't. I mean, my mom. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom and dad fought over money constantly. That was a, a fight every day because, uh, you know, how much my father left under the clock for my mom to be able to buy dinner. This was – my sister and I were appalled every day we fought – they fought about money. Um, and just whether they could afford this, afford that. And we didn't take any real vacations. And my father had a very hard job as a salesman, and he had many years where he did, did not do well. So we didn't have any savings. And, uh, and that was brutal. Okay, so uh, to some degree, I wanted to go make a lot of money uh, so and do well, and I got lucky, and we had a great bull market, and also you know, people uh, in life, you make contacts, and you get luck, you can make your own luck, and I did well. I worked at Goldman, I'm own hedge fund, but I, I didn't want my kids to know that we had done very well. Um, both Karen Kramer and I would work together for, for a number of years, and we did quite well, and I didn't want them to know that. Uh, in some ways, I was kidding myself. 
because we had a beautiful house and another house and it was I guess it was pretty clear but I just felt that I grew up not knowing not I grew up in a house where all I heard was money and a lack thereof it my father talked to his brother every day about who worked with him about not having enough money I would hear that conversation at seven and then I would hear that conversation at, at eight o'clock I'd hear the conversation with his mother about how he didn't have any money and then I would hear the fights about the money and I hated it, and it just drove me crazy. So I kind of didn't want to talk about money because I just hated what the way I grew up. Um, and we had done well, and I didn't want to sit there and tell the kids, hey, listen, you know, we have all this kind of money because then they would change their life. That would change their lifestyle. Maybe it would make it so they wouldn't want to work hard. And I always encouraged them to work, but I think that at a certain point, you, you just say to yourself, they know. And then it flips, and then they know that perhaps if you're lucky enough, people listening, and I know – I don't mean to sound like, well, you know, I'm the 1% or whatever they say, but I got, I did get lucky. I'm not, I'm not saying I was born with it. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, I was, I'm the smartest guy in the world, but I had, I do am lucky enough to have enough money that if my kids want to go work at a museum and go work in, at, uh, at a camp for troubled youth, um, they can afford to do so. Although my youngest, my eldest, I would tell you, w- would like to do it without any help from me. And my youngest, I think, would say that because of how poorly they pay at museums, that it's really hard. And museums are in areas where where uh, that where the rents are high. They tend to be in areas where there's there's a higher cost of living. There, I, I will most likely have to subsidize her. Well, and I'm just thankful there are people who work in those fields. Yeah, because we need those things in our society. So yeah. it all kind of works together. So. Yeah, my daughter's working um, right now at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, and they have this huge. Uh, uh, hours and hours of footage that was given by a German uh, media organization that has never been looked at. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hours, and her job is to catalog it. And she's supposed to say what it is. It's a lot of it's silence, home, a lot of it's home movies. And it is an amazing job that's just been sitting there waiting for someone to do. Uh, but the museum doesn't have a big budget. So, uh, you know, she had to get an apartment. It's very funny because this is typical. Like she first started, she was staying in a hotel. She said, just stay in a hotel. It's, she stayed in a hotel. It was like, are you kidding me? You're not staying in that hotel for more than one night. You're getting like one of those Marriott residences until – so she does that. And then, we, uh, you know, she got a, a nice small, you know, a studio apartment that's in walking distance. I like that from, from the museum. But I do have to subsidize her because, they, you know, it's a museum. And and that's but that's okay. She's she's doing what she wants to do. She she did great in her major, an art major. And what can I do? I'm I'm lucky that we have the money, as you said, Jane. Some we need people to do these. And it's the fact is is that she her goal is not to to follow my footsteps and make you know do great on Wall Street. Her goal is to do something meaningful for her, and that means working at that Holocaust Museum and doing good things. And I think that that's what she wants to do and let her follow her heart. I think it's fabulous. So, Jim, you spend, you, you have a mass following in the marketplace. You do such an amazing job, bring so much passion to investing. How early do you think that you could really start to get stock concepts across to children? We talked a little bit about some of the, the stocks that you think kind of can link to a younger generation. 
Um, you recently had a show about financial literacy for kids and mentioned Disney because of the association with young kids. Talk to us a little bit about how we should be thinking about that with as parents. Well, I know this, you know, for the holidays, I always say you should give one share of a company if you can. I mean, brokerage fees are low, but you give something that uh, that your kids would know, a Hasbro, which is a good company. Mattel's a good company. Disney's a good company. Um, I work for Comcast. The, the Universal theme park is fabulous. Uh, maybe Six Flags. That's a good one. Uh, fun, Cedar Fair, any they, those pay good uh, they have good yields but just something one and then as they get older you can explain it to them now i gave a lecture about stocks in fifth grade to mrs mixer's class at, uh in outside of philadelphia in springfield montgomery county and i had a game where people had to pick stocks i gave them a list of stocks from the evening bulletin people played a stock game and uh 3m uh had a stock game called stocks and bonds which i begged them to reissue i knew these games because my dad sold rep them he repped 3m he salesman for 3M products. And these were unfortunately games that don't exist, but they were fantastic. And they should bring them back and put them online. That was a great way to learn. Stocks and Bonds and Acquire were two games that got me very involved. That was a very popular game. My father sold a lot of them to uh, toy stores. I don't know about you, Jane, but I feel like a complete underachiever. In fifth grade, were you <laughs> giving a talk, a lecture well, about uh, stocks? No, matter, no. Guys, <laughs> no. Uh, but you you fun. brought up something. You brought up the Sorry. holidays and stocks for the holidays. So I know a certain seven-year-old girl, okay, it's my daughter, who got a Toys R Us catalog in the mail this past week and circled about 90% of the things in that catalog that she wants for the holidays. <laughs> we used to buy the Chinese one. You should have done that. You know, like that Chinese one that's all those things and nothing's more than $5. Well, I, I should have actually thrown it away before she saw it, but I didn't do that. But how does, how does a parent handle, how would you handle the holidays and making sure the kids enjoy it but realize that they can't have everything they want? Well, you know, we used to put a limit on it. For a while, we put a limit on, on the amount of money that we would spend when we did joint uh, with family. And then um, we got a little out of control because of Amazon wish lists. You know, it would just surface. You would get that wish list. And I'd be like, holy cow, really? But then it, it became so easy with that darn Amazon Prime. I have to admit that that is the enemy of discipline. <laughs> it's like, you know, and both my kids do it. And then there's pushback. Once it reaches a limit, um, Candidly, the limit last year was $200 because um, I just said, listen, this is getting obscene. Um, you know, and you, it was very interesting because the places – it was not expensive stuff, but I just didn't want – that. Would, the takeaway should have been, listen, there's birth, your birthday and you have this you – know, you have the holidays and I really want some degree of discipline. And she had graduated and I gave her the down payment for the car. My youngest – my eldest – is so anti-materialistic that uh, it's almost humorous. I mean, you know, she wanted things like a, a teapot and candles. And she, uh, bless her, she does not equate um, material goods with with uh, strength or good or friend. She's very much of an outdoors person. So, I mean, I got her a, uh, a vest. I put aside a Marmot vest for her because we love to hike. She lives in the uh, high desert of Oregon. It's far away from possible from the from the Wall Street world that I live in. And I think that's fantastic. Well, I tell you, in our house, we celebrate Christmas. And I said, if the baby Jesus only got three presents, I don't know why you should get more <laughs> exactly. than that. So. A limit is right. Uh, you know, these are very tough issues because we all um, 
we all want to give our kids uh, what we can't. We want to shower them. And uh, I didn't get that when I was growing up. But Christmas was the first day I would see my dad because he sold gift wrap. And so he would be it from Thanksgiving to Christmas. We never saw that. He was working on Saturdays and Sundays delivering gift wrap to people and gift boxes. Um, so we were just glad to see him. And that was like our, our present was like he was home. But uh, I, I, mean, I, th- I think that trying to explain money and also giving all the gifts in the world is antithetical. They're antithetical. So you, you got to try to put your foot down. No, I mean, I will. I'll say enough. And then what will happen is is that my daughters will say, but dad, I saw this or I saw that. I saw this. Uh, I just went through this with my wife's birthday. And I have a friend at Max Mara she, who knows her size, okay? And I have a friend uh, who used to, my father used to sell jewelry boxes to in Philadelphia. And because of these relationships, I don't look at the price. And holy cow that I get killed. <laughs> Well, and another thing I think is really important that I try to do with my kids, I and mean, nobody's perfect, but is to have them do some charity stuff too. Um, so they can see kind of the whole world. So yeah, they get a few things, but they realize there are people who are down on their luck at this particular time in their life. And so we'll go, um, you know, serve at the soup kitchen or we'll donate some money. Or So I think that balance helps too, helps them understand like the whole kind of cycle of money and how it all fits into society. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, look, my eldest is, is full-time. So, I mean, it's not really, I mean, you know, if you're full-time, you really, you really get it and you know what's out there. And I, you know, that's, uh, uh, but my youngest, uh, we, well, look, we both, we all try to get him involved. And what I try to do is say, okay, let's figure out some charities to give some money to because I have a charitable trust that's associated with ActionAlertsPlus.com, which is uh, bulletins we send out for the street.com before we do any trading. We can't, we're very restricted because of all the different things, restrictions I have because I do these shows. But I have a charitable trust, and I, uh, at the end of the year, we give away the dividends and the capital gains. And I always ask them, okay, so let's, Find charities that we care about, and let's write some checks. Um, you do the research. You tell me if they have too much overhead. You tell me why they should get the money, and we'll decide. Uh, but you've got to make those decisions. And if I don't think that they're the right ones, I will veto them. And if I don't hear from you, I will give you some, and you choose. And that, that's been a process that we've used since we started the Charitable Trust, which is now 14 years. That's a good lesson. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jim, for everything you do to help every man, woman, and now children (laughs) be better investors in the market. Your passion is so contagious. Well, well, can I just say one last thing? Sure. In uh, 64, my father's savings were wiped out by a company called National Video. He put everything in one stock and uh, went to zero, got a stock tip. And that's why I always say tips are for waiters and please be diversified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, free advice is worth what it's paid for, I guess. Anyway, thank you so much, thank Jim, for sharing that. We'd love to have you back sometime. Sure, I mean, there's so sure. much more here thank that you. I think that we could do a, several shows on this. But And thank you as well, Kim, for joining us as always. And I also want to thank our sponsor, Arc Athletics, a New York City-based fitness and athletic training business for tips on keeping your young athletes healthy and injury-free. You can go to arcathletics.com. And thank you for listening today. Now, we're going to be talking to Adam Levin. Uh, author, expert on cybersecurity, and uh, that's going to be our next show. He's going to talk about just how to keep your kids safe in the computer and digital world. So important. So that'll be coming out uh, later in November. But we always welcome your comments and suggestions. Uh, the hashtag Kids Kaching on all the socials, and we'll catch you next time.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.